Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Two. What it do, and welcome to week two of the NFC East Feast After a wild week one in the entire NFL and especially the NFC East, so good to see you, George. So good to see you, too. I'm a little less excited this week, but I'm still here, brother. It's just week one, now week two. Got a big game Thursday, but how are you doing, man? I know you're feeling pretty good right now. I'm feeling pretty good. I never do this after a loss, but for the first time in my over 30 years of being a Cowboys fan... How about them Cowboys after a big fat L to open the game, to open the season, excuse me, in Tampa Bay. I'll talk about the events that have happened since the game that have me a little less excited, but but let's start where the NFL season started. And that was last Thursday night at Raymond James Stadium, where we gave the world champs everything that they could handle. Everybody wanted to question Dak Prescott. I tried to tell y'all last year about his mother passing away of breast cancer in college. I tried to tell y'all about his brother killing himself on NFL draft night two years ago. I tried to tell you about this man breaking his leg into two pieces on national TV. But yet all I heard this preseason was that a pitching injury that MLB players get was a big concern and that he wasn't throwing. Well, how is 60 passes against the best defense in the NFL putting up over 400 yards? Is that good enough for you guys? I was very impressed with my quarterback, George. What do you think about my boy? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, anybody to, to, to neglect what happened out there against a, a top-rated defense, you know, their DBs were banged up, their DBs, did not look good. I'll say that. But it's hard to look good against guys like Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, those boys out there. So I, I saw – I was very surprised. I think everyone would say there would be surprised, even maybe yourself a little bit, B, if you were you were to admit it. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think Dak did show out. I think the boys – I mean, let's be real, dude. Every time I put on ESPN now, Cowboys are one in the division. No doubt. Yes. Cowboys are one in the division. No doubt. And honestly, bro, I love it. Because that means that everyone's overlooking everybody else and the Cowboys, it's the Cowboys division to lose. And I'm good at that. Well, we're um, we're tied for last right now. So, I mean, I think the media needs to pump the brakes a little bit. But, of course, after that kind of performance, um, I'm sure most of y'all know, it was 31 to 29. Uh, Ryan Suckup um, hit a field goal. Um, I mean, when you give the ball to Tom Brady with a minute 24 left, I believe, I mean, I, I pretty much thought they were going to lose. But the fact that we were in that game, man, although our turnovers – um, a couple of them, at least the the interception that Trayvon Diggs got um, that bounced off of Leonard Fournette's shoulder pad and the Godwin fumble um, as he was going towards the end zone in the fourth quarter, which really gave us a chance to to um, to win the game. That wasn't so much of good defense rather than sloppy Buccaneers. But hey, man, my Dallas Cowboys got multiple turnovers. When's the last time that happened? And the Demarcus Lawrence um, punch. That was a hell of a of a play by him. We'll talk more about him later, unfortunately. But uh, Randy Gregory recovers that fumble. There were so many crazy plays in the game. Um, the one interception that Dak threw, it was a dime, bro. One of the best passes I've ever seen Dak Prescott throw. It went right through CeeDee Lamb's hands. I believe Carlton Davis picked it off. Uh, the 
I don't think it was that controversial because I'm a Cowboys fan. I'll go with that hot take. The controversial non-call on Chris Godwin's push-off at the end of the game. I don't think um, I actually put it to a vote. I'm sure you saw George on our Instagram and shout out, dude, that was our biggest turnout we ever had. We had like 30 people vote on that um, on our IG story. And I believe it was 68% said that it was not OPI. The only uh, beef I have with that is last year in week one. I'm sure most of you remember it was the opposite. It was the Cowboys on offense and Michael Gallup was called for OPI against Jalen Ramsey. Now what I chalk that up to, is Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in football. So he gets that call. Jordan Lewis, although Jordan Lewis recovered the fumble on Chris Godwin. I don't know if you saw that. George, you see the way the first half ended when Jordan Lewis picked it off in the end zone and ran it like 60 yards? Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I, I started jumping and coming down. I'm like, he's he's going to take it back. He's going to take it back. And then I got lineman tackle him. But yeah, Jordan Lewis is not going to get that call against Chris Godwin. And, you know, probably the better team won. But if the Dallas Cowboys play that way against 98% of the NFL. I'll say everybody but the Buccaneers and probably the Kansas City Chiefs, we're coming home with a W, and I'm proud of the Cowboys. And that game got me a lot of optimism going forward. We'll talk about their their uh, their week two problems they're going to have. But as far as a week one game, I've never pounded the table for a loss, and um, I'm very proud of this team. And most of all, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Dak Prescott, man. My, my boy is healthy. If he's going to throw 60 times in week one, um, I feel pretty good. Um, unfortunately, we're probably only going to win games one way this year, and that's Dak Prescott throwing for 400 yards. But I think we can do it um, nine to ten times to win this division. Anything else on this game you got? What do you Any other Dude, compliments honestly, you want to throw my boys? I mean, <laughs> no, I think, I think that, again, everyone was surprised by them. They came out hot. Dak came out hot. You know, you didn't talk about Zeke because let's be real. Zeke wasn't out there. <laughs> I was hoping you called um, <laughs> and, and he just wasn't out there. I don't know what you said last week about Zeke, but I'm sure you're hyping him up like you always do. But I think you finally swallowed and you're like, look, maybe it's not ever going to happen with Zeke. Uh, that's a story in itself. But Tony Pollard definitely looked OK. You know, I think he put up. Uh, a few he had a few catches and screen passes for a few yards but let's be real it was the wide receivers that were taking over that game and the running game uh, especially without um collins uh you know Lyle, out for Lyle five Collins. weeks for doping up on some deck of 2000 <laughs> uh, but no i it should be interested in see moving forward that's what i'm really interested in you know that was thursday and now we're here what on wednesday before the thursday night game and the cowboys look completely different Yes, they do. No, I mean, and, and good call calling out Zeke. He had 11 carries for 30 yards. Obviously, that's the best rushing defense in football, so I'm not going to put too much stock into it. But this is no longer Ezekiel Elliott's team. When he was drafted five years ago, and we had arguably the best offensive line in football, and Zeke came straight from Ohio State and led the NFL in rushing, had over 1,600 yards as a rookie. Those days are long gone, dude. This is Dak Prescott's team, and I'm glad it is. If, after that effort, I'm glad it is. One more guy I want to highlight before we move on. Everybody obviously saw that Anthony Brown was getting beat like he stole something. Um, Antonio Brown made him look like a fool the whole game. And Gronkowski dominated us too. But Gronk's a a one-on-one matchup nightmare for anybody. But Trayvon Diggs, George, who had an interception when he covered Mike Evans. Good. You should. When he covered Mike Evans, he covered Mike Evans for 39 of Mike Evans' 47 snaps. Mike Evans had one catch for 10 yards. There was a reason you didn't hear a lot from Mike Evans that game. It wasn't because he was dogging. It wasn't because he was hurt. It's because he had a 
quality cornerback. Long time since I said that about the Cowboys, a quality cornerback covering him. So I'm excited that at the linebacker level, Micah Parsons lo- looks the part. I believe Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh each played under 20 snaps in that game. So there's a changing of the guard at the linebacker position for my Cowboys. And we have a hell of a corner. Um, our top two pass rushers will not be with us this coming week. We'll talk about that later. But I think there's a lot of things to take from that game um, where Cowboys fans like me can be optimistic. So I'm, I'm very excited um, heading into week two. And I know another team in the NFC East that's very excited heading into week two. And I'm going to say maybe the surprise of the NFL, certainly the surprise of the NFC East, is Nick Sirianni and his first game coaching the Philadelphia Eagles. They go into Atlanta, George, and they win 32-6. to They hold the Falcons, what I thought was a potent Falcons offense, to two field goals. Thank God for Hyungwe Koo, or they would have been shut out. Matt Ryan, you got Calvin Ridley, who is an elite receiver. You have um, what everyone's calling a phenom at tight end in Kyle Pitts. Russell Gage is a decent number two receiver. No, bro. Atlanta's trash, dude. Atlanta right. is absolute trash. So that's okay, where, that's so stop talking about their players. They're absolute <laughs> trash. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That was, that's, what, that's what I was getting at. I was going to ask you, was this game more about, oh, Philly's actually pretty good, or is Atlanta really that bad? Oh, well, I will say I was impressed by the way that Jalen Hurts moved the ball. Mm. You know, you're looking at about 350 all-purpose yards, man. The guy threw it for 275. He threw not the, what I liked about it. He was looking through his reads, man. He threw to like six or seven different receivers. Both, all of them, at least had two receptions. The guy played a great game. He's a great quarterback. You know, he didn't get a ton of pressure. They, 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 they worked with him well. He did have some design runs. I really like Jalen. He's really interesting. And uh, I would say he's probably the top number two in the NFC East as far as top quarterbacks at the moment, wouldn't you say? I think that's fair to say. And if you really like Jalen, then you're really going to like this stat. Jalen Hurts against the Falcons was the third player in the history of the NFL. They've been doing this for about 100 years, guys, to have a completion percentage of over 70%. Throw for three touchdowns, pass for 250 yards, rush for over 60 yards, and not throw an interception in a single game. Like, dude, that, that, those stats are jarring, dude. I don't know if that's Randall Cunningham and Michael Vicky's on that list with, but God damn, like yeah. Jalen Hurts. And the Falcons defense is Swiss cheese. We know that. Well, I think we're really going to know that because they come to Raymond James Stadium, much like my Cowboys did this coming week. And I think the Bucks opened up at like a 13-point favorite. So I, I think that that game is going to get ugly. And I think that you might be right. It, this might be more that Atlanta is just trash. But, do the way they won in dominant fashion, the, we know the, the Eagles' defensive line is, I'll say, borderline elite with Fletcher Cox. Uh, Brandon Graham had a huge game. Uh, their secondary played very well. Uh, because, I mean, Calvin Ridley is a stud. you got to admit that. The, Atlanta does have some playmakers. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you're looking at Matt Ryan right now, dude. He threw 21 for 35 ooh. with 164 yards, dude. That's bad. I don't dude. think the Eagles DBs. I mean, yes, they have Darius Slay and guys like that, but I just don't know if they're that good. I, I think Matt Ryan is just getting paid at this point, dude. You know, he's Matt, ready Matt for that Ryan. AARP, baby. You know, <laughs> Matt Ryan may have fallen off that cliff that everyone keeps thinking that Tom Brady's going to fall off, but he doesn't. Dude, that's one-legged Alex Smith numbers, dude. <laughs> Those are. Those, yeah, Alex that's like typical. Yeah, so. Uh, one yeah, more man. guy I got a shot on in Philly um, 
is my favorite thin receiver in the NFL, Devontae Smith, bro. His first catch in the NFL is a touchdown. Very impressive. And it, what's crazy is I don't know if you guys saw this um, stat or um, graphic, I should say. Um, he caught the pass, obviously, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. His catch in the fourth quarter that won Alabama the national championship was in the same exact end zone. In the same exact catch, it's 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 like they mirrored each other. Like Mac Jones throws it, obviously a fade to uh, to Devonte, um, and and they beat Ohio State to win the national championship. And now f- fast forward to Jalen Hurts throwing the same route to Devonte Smith. Obviously, he caught both of them. And congratulations to Devonte Smith. He looks like he's going to be a hell of a player as long as he can stay healthy. And shout out to Russell Gage that got no receptions and we were kind of high on him last week. So shout out to <laughs> Russell Gage. Yeah, he's probably learning now. Um, it's not so easy to be a you know a number two receiver when you're number three or four and you get to go in there against um, you know the nickel and dime secondary packages. It's not the same thing as being locked up by a starting corner in this league. So when he had Julio and Calvin Ridley, he was making some plays last year. But yeah, now that he's a true number two, um, maybe. Uh, we were a little too optimistic on Russell Gage. But good luck to the Falcons going forward, man, because they're going to need it. <laughs> and to Philly, you're going to need it because you're, you're playing San Francisco next week, and that's going to be a real uh, litmus test um, of how good of a football team you guys really are. The third game um, I want to go over is the New York football Giants not playing their best football. They hosted the Denver Broncos. I actually thought last week on the podcast, I apologize to everybody. I thought this game was at mile high. It was in MetLife, and dude, the Giants did not bring their A game. Um, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. I know we all love Teddy B. Um, he was very efficient, 28 to 36, 264 yards. Those are Teddy B numbers, and that's why the Broncos clearly chose to start Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. Did not turn the ball over. Um, he wasn't making over-the-top flashy plays. But he hit open receivers. Um, I was sad to see Jerry Judy go down with a high ankle sprain. I'm a big fan of him. But, um, you know, Noah Fant, KJ, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, he was hitting those guys. And um, their defense was, was, was putting on a show. Uh, Bradley Chubb, I believe, was out this game. But Von Miller was all over him. Patrick Sertan and uh, Simmons in the secondary were wreaking havoc. Um, the Broncos looked great. And the Giants, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of positive things to say about them. Daniel Jones had a costly fumble in the uh, second half. Um, Stop me if you haven't heard this before. (laughs) I saw that was Daniel Jones' 40th career start. Excuse me. His 28th career start in his 40th career turnover and only 28 starts. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's kind of a microcosm of his career. And just like Daniel Jones, though, what do you know? He has a rushing touchdown in that game. So it's like, you know, so he rushes for a touchdown, has a devastating turnover that, I mean, the, the Giants made it a little closer in the second half. If he didn't have that fumble, they, they could have made it maybe 27 to 20 and actually had a chance to win. Um, but it's, it's not impressed with the Giants. The one guy on their team I'll say that um, did stand out to me was uh, Sterling Shepard, seven catches, 113 yards and a touchdown. Um, so he's a nice little slot player, but all those pretty weapons on their offense. Um, didn't do anything, and uh, yeah, Saquon Barkley did not impress me. No, for sure. And and to touch a little bit on Denver's defense, I mean, we were all very high on Denver's decent defense going in this game. I, I don't want anyone to forget. I don't want to take it away from the Giants that they were playing this trash defense. Uh, Denver is very. 
very good on defense. And that and that comes from the DBs. That comes from the rush with Von Miller. You know, they added Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, Justin Simmons. Those guys are all great DBs. So don't want to take it away fully. I'm not ready to, to write off the Giants completely. I do not think Saquon will ever be the same again. I hate to say wow. it. It's just how I feel. Um, so they're going to have to battle through that a little bit. I think Danny Dimes is going to have to get a little bit more involved. But I'm not seeing anything new out of Danny Dimes. I know that there, a lot of people were high on the Giants going into the year. Uh, but again, I don't want to write them off. But I don't see anything new coming. I think I see yeah. a lot of bad offensive line movement up front. You know, they're just not getting the movement that they want to get Saquon the, the running lanes he needs. So it's going to be tough for them on offense and their defense. I mean, they'll they'll play half decent throughout the throughout the season, but at that offense, man, I, I just don't know if you could battle through such horrendous offensive line play. Yeah, and yeah, we talked about the O-line being an issue, and it clearly was in this game, and it clearly is going to be tomorrow night when they play the Washington football team. Um, you might not be ready to write them off yet, but if you guys – um, beat them with a backup quarterback that, you know, that could be a, a devastating nail in, in the coffin, but it is only, you know, the, the week two right now. So yeah, let's, let's not get too carried away. But uh, as you said, man, Saquon Barkley had 10 carries for like 26 yards. I believe he caught one screen pass for a yard. I mean, he's only got, got 11 touches so far. So let's give him a chance. He only started getting hit and padded practices about 10 days ago, but we've seen um, ACL injuries ruin running backs careers. It's kind of, it's kind of a, a random thing. Some guys like Dalvin Cook bounce back and are better than ever. Some guys like your boy RG3 are never the same. So I, I hope for Saquon, although I'm clearly not a Giants fan. He's a great kid. He has great character. He's a hard worker. So I'm a fan of him as a player and a person. And I also own him on a fantasy team. So I am rooting for Saquon to, I mean, this isn't the week. He's not going to have it do it against the football team, but I hope maybe by week five or six, we see a little bit of the old Saquon. Maybe he can stack together a couple hundred yard rushing games because they're going to need it, man. If they cannot run the football, this offensive line will not hold up over a 17 game season. And all of those offseason additions and optimism that New York Giants fans had is going to go out the window pretty damn quick. But we'll Agreed, see. We'll, we, we will see. And we all know who the uh, the Giants are playing on Thursday Night Football, and that's the Washington football team. Let's talk about the Washington football team, George. I mean, they, similar to the Cowboys, I think, put together a pretty good effort against a pretty good team. The Chargers are definitely not the Buccaneers, but the Chargers impressed me. And the football team, I, di I didn't see a whole lot to be concerned with. I did not like the uh, fourth quarter fumble by Antonio Gibson, which, uh, which could have cost it's you guys the game. Actually yeah. two fumbles. I did not know that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's sloppy for a guy who I know you and a lot of other people have high hopes on. But um, what I want to ask you about, man, uh, we can get into the X's O's in a little bit, but of course the glaring thing that comes out of this game is the quarterback injury. I know a lot of talking heads like myself and other members of the media this off season, were um, questioning Ryan, Fit Ryan Fitzpatrick because of his turnover problems. And they were talking about, oh, like is Fitzpatrick, you know, because he throws so many interceptions, is he going to be a problem for the team? But I think for a guy who's been around the league about 16, 17 years, what we all overlooked is that why is everyone talking about Dak Prescott's durability? Why aren't we talking about the old guy with the beard's durability? And that, he did not last long, man. Um, the hip injury, it sounds pretty nasty. Um but you guys got Heineke. So how are you feeling about the QB situation in D.C.? 
Yeah, I mean, Fitzpatrick, uh, I feel for the guy. Charles Leno, our left tackle, just let someone slip right through, Mm -hmm. and he got just pulverized. His hip went directly down in the turf, dude, and I knew when he got down. And I was surprised they didn't call for the guy, you know, penetrating him into the ground, which (laughs) wouldn't have mattered. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered, but sometimes they do call that. Uh, But to be honest with you, dude, Taylor Heineke is the better quarterback for the Washington football team through and through. It's always been that way. I've been high on Heineke uh, last year when he was coming in. I I feel great about Heineke moving forward. I do feel for Fitzy. I think this is kind of the end for him now. He's going to get paid. Good for him. But, you know, I I don't mind Heineke at the quarterback for the position. The, The team gets really Really excited to see him at quarterback. At practice this the other day, he was screaming at the guys, and the guys were just <laughs> loving it. and And he builds a lot of chemistry in that locker room, so I'm excited to see moving him uh, him forward throughout the year as a starter. And hopefully, he can stay healthy. God forbid we have to put in Steven Montez, and basically, I might as well get Mark Sanchez at that point. <laughs> I thought, oh, uh, isn't Kyle Allen your your third? Oh yeah, 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 I got Kyle Allen. Okay. Anyways, um, so yeah, we we want Heineke in there, and I, you know, this game was very tough to watch for me. Uh, not not on the side, not on the offensive side so much, but on the defensive side. I think we gave up thirteen third down conversions out of Whoa. sixteen. Damn. And, you know, off the penetration that we got last year, we just simply weren't getting that with a four man rush that we are four man rush that we were getting last year. So it was really tough to see, you know, especially with a refabbed uh, Chargers offensive line. Maybe you were right, B. Maybe they, maybe they're better than I imagined from last year being ranked 32nd in the league. So it's 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 hard to see such poor tackling, bro. The tackling, everyone's trying to hit somebody with their shoulder, make the big hit, you know, get the hit stick. But, dude, lock them up, form up, and bring them to the ground. These guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were just destroying us. The the linebackers could not cover whatsoever. They were finding the zone everywhere they could go. We simply just could not stop them. They they truly should have probably put up 27 to 34 points on us rather than 20 points. As you know from last week, I did say the Chargers were going to win 17 to 20. They won 16 to 20. So I did see this coming a little bit. Um, But, yeah, the poor tackling was was really hard for me to see. Jamin Davis, bro, the guy looked like a sixth-round pick out there. Looks totally lost. Totally lost, dude. Doesn't know where he's at, bro. I think made one assisted tackle because the guy maybe fell in front of him, dude. I don't know. But it just – it was – it was just poor all around on the defensive side. I wanted to see more out of Chase Young. I wanted to see more out of Montez Sweat. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to Thursday's game, and we'll get into that a little bit. But I don't know. Let me let me hear your forward on it. What do you what do you think about the game? One guy I want to shout out. You mentioned the Chargers' offensive line, which I was a little bullish on last week. Rashawn Slater, their first round pick out of Northwestern, his first career game. He pitches a shutout against Chase Young. Holy hell. And what's crazy is two years ago when he was at Northwestern and Chase Young was at Ohio State, he did the same thing. Pitches a shutout against Chase Young. This kid is impressive. He's a monster. Um, I was um, very high on him coming out of the draft. I kind of wanted the Cowboys um, to draft him. But the, the Chargers O-line looked great. Justin Herbert picked up right where he left off. Um, I didn't know the, that 13 for 16 third downs to Jesus. But I saw a couple third downs where he's hitting Keenan Allen on a back shoulder route. And that's that's not necessarily bad Washington defense. A lot of that is just Justin Herbert being elite and Keenan Allen being one of the best route runners in the sport. So they're going to do that to teams all season long. 
And the Chargers D um, showed up too. Not that Washington's offense is potent by any means, but uh, uh, Derwin James uh, was back, um, better than ever. Uh, Joey Bosa was putting pressure on uh, both Fitzpatrick and Heineke. But I, I don't think that uh, the Washington football team needs to, co- needs to come away from this game uh, feeling sorry for themselves. Uh, T- Taylor Heineke came in, like you said, uh, 11 for like 15, 120 yards and a touchdown. Um, had look, looked moved moved the offense better than Ryan Fitzpatrick did. I know that you are going to say, and I, I respect it, that you think Heineke is the right quarterback for this team, and that you you probably would rather have him under center week two, even if Fitzmagic was healthy. But there is a reason, George, that you guys went through an entire off season because we had an off last year was a little crazy because of COVID. They didn't have really an off season, but we had mini camp. We had OTAs. We had training camp. There's a reason that an entire coaching staff of professionals decided the week one starter was Ryan Fitzpatrick, dude, because they thought he gave the team the best chance to win. And I'm not saying maybe they were wrong. And Heineke's going to come in and win four or five in a row, and Rivera's going to be happy he was wrong. But I think it's concerning that your starting quarterback is is gone for a, a few months. But who knows? If, if, if Heineke plays as well as you think he is, Fitzpatrick might not get the job back. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about the quarterback position, I know Coach Rivera has already came out and said this will not happen. But if you were Daniel Snyder and there was a certain quarterback – who had a lot of success playing under Coach Rivera out there. He might be a 6'5", former Heisman Trophy winner, a former MVP in this league, named Cameron Newton. Would you have any interest at all in at least bringing him in, not not, not making him the starter right away, but bring in Cam Newton just to see what could happen? I mean, I think there's interest there. I think there, you know, Ron refuses, like you said. Um, however, B, you got to realize is that Cam Newton just doesn't come in. He hmm. comes in and he plays. And yeah, you're right. that, that he's not chilling, you know, and that's exactly why the Pats cut him. Cause he knows why have Cam Newton in your locker room if he's not going to play very good. Uh, yeah. So great. I think that's why we're kind of holding off on that. You know, who knows what happens after, you know, tomorrow's game, you know, if, if, if Heineke's not doing what he needs to do out there, but I, I, I truly believe in Heineke. I think you're right. Maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic on Heineke, but he is my starting quarterback at this point. He has Honestly, haven't seen him play a bad game yet. So, True. well, I mean, uh, why I can't necessarily, you know, be pessimistic about this guy. I just can't. Nor, nor should you be. Don't don't let me be. Uh, you know, the Grinch over here that that that, that stole your, your backup quarterback's dreams. Um, you know that you should you should be optimistic about him. He he played a hell of a game in the playoffs last year. Played very good at the end of the of the regular season and in, in his uh, limited action. So we will see tomorrow night. Run, dude. He can run. He's got he's got some wheels. He's he's not Daniel Jones, who he will be facing tomorrow night. That's a perfect segue. Let's just I would, get in. I would I would disagree, but yeah, let's get into it. Okay, well, I have Rich Eisen's phone number. I'll see what I can do tomorrow on the pregame show on NFL Network. Please, everybody, watch. I will call Rich and I will see if we can arrange a Daniel Jones Taylor Heineke forty yard dash. But I mean, I don't know if I have that much power. Rich is very busy. Nobody wants to see it. two white guys race, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it, man. Thursday night football. The NFC East is on display for the nation to watch. The New York football giants travel to the nation's capital, and they will take on Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team. 
I know Luds will come on later and give us his thoughts. I, I thought it was very interesting that even with a backup quarterback, the football team is favored three and a half. I thought maybe because they're at home, they might be a one point favorite or a pick them. I think that's a lot of points, though. But after that Giants performance, I guess maybe I should kind of check myself on that. But I'm, I'm very intrigued to see two teams coming off of a loss. Um, I've, I've seen a few different fan pages and blogs we follow on the NFC East Feast talking about how this is a must-win game for both teams. Let's pump the brakes. We both know how poor this division was last year. And I don't think anyone thinks that um, the Cowboys, with their litany of injuries, and the Philadelphia Eagles, although they're 1-0, are going to run away with this division. So I think regardless of what team starts off 0-2, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. But these are two teams that, that need a, a W tomorrow. The Giants did uh, did not really show much in their opener against the Broncos. The football team looked much better than the Giants. Nonetheless, so they're coming off of a loss, and they lost their starting quarterback. So um, I think the key to the game for me is going to be the porous offensive line for the New York Giants going up against a hungry defensive line. Because although I did see Montez Sweat had a forced fumble that um, ended up Suspect. like resulting in a touchback, yeah. I, li- I like that. Um they did not get to the quarterback like they should have last week. And I know that they're going to be licking their chops. And quite honestly, I feel bad for Daniel Jones. How are you feeling about your boys going into week two? You know what? I, I feel good about it. I think if, you know, Ron commands that locker room very well, this is a must win for us. And, you know, there's not many week two must wins. Right after this, we're going to Buffalo, bro. Okay. We're going to Buffalo. Yeah. So we have to win this game. And I truly believe that. And I think we will show out. I think Heineke will command the offensive line. I think they'll help command the offense. Uh, people love him. Like I was saying before, I think our defense steps up. I just, I think if we fixed it up a little bit on the back end and, and got, stop giving up so many zone reads, I, I think we'll be okay. And, and again, getting pressure on Danny Dimes is, is, is very important, man. And looking forward to this game. And I, I truly think we're going to, we're going to put up some points against these guys and, really? and their offensive line is, I, I think it's going to be off turnovers, man. Their offensive line True. is not going to be able to handle this. I think we're coming with vengeance, dude. And we're just not going to stop. We're, if we end up putting up 21, seven, we're not stopping. I, I can see us very upset in this game. I think the chargers, I'll go back to that. Dude, they're a top 10 team in this league. Guaranteed. Like it, I, I guarantee, dude. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm taking the, I'm taking my boys on this one. I did take the Chargers last week. I think we won this game by at least ten points. At least ten points. What's your final score? What you got? I like, I like, I like twenty three thirteen. Twenty three thirteen. I think that's fair. Um, what I can't get over, George, is that the New York Giants swept y'all last season, man. You had a pretty easy time with the NFC East uh, last year, especially my Cowboys. You embarrassed us twice, but the Giants swept you, man. And I don't see a whole lot of difference in the Giants that swept you last year in the football team that's playing this year. So because of that, man, I am going to pick the Giants to go on the road and get the victory. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think Daniel Jones has two turnovers, but I just do not think the Washington offense right now is going to do enough to get them that W. Uh, Terry, Scary Terry didn't have his best game. He had one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. 
that crazy right and I, he was mic'd up and he talked about it. he's like that's one that's the hardest catch i've ever had i don't know how he got his head turned around dude he should have spot his legs were like crossed up dude it looked like oh dude it was nuts man yeah it was no, nuts. I, I love that guy. I just don't think he's going to have his best game. I think uh, James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson are two very good corners. I would imagine Bradbury will be on him most of the game. Um, Curtis Samuel is not playing, so we're going to need the Deami Browns and Adam Humphreys of the world to step up here. Um, Logan Thomas did have a touchdown last week. Um, as I, you know, I'm a big, you know me, I'm a big Logan guy. So, so I think I, I'll say, you know, maybe Logan gets in the end zone and Antonio. That hurt us, man. The Curtis Samuel thing really. Ever since we got him for free agency, man, that was a, a piece of the puzzle that we truly needed to be side by side with Terry as both being roommates back in Ohio State. It was all looking so great, and the guy hasn't stepped on the football one time, even for practice. It's 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 really tough to see, man, because I was extremely excited for this guy. As you know, I said that he was better than Michael Gallup, but I can't prove that right now because he hasn't got on the field yet. Hey, Michael Gallup's not going to be on the field for a while either, brother. And we'll talk about that very shortly. Um, but yes, I got the Giants winning an ugly game. I do not think you guys are going to enjoy watching this game. George and I will because it's the NFC East and we love the East. But I got the Giants winning 20 to 18. So I will I will take the G man in a close one. But if it's it's if it's football team twenty to seventeen, um, you know I I will not feel that silly. I just think I think the first to get to twenty points wins this game. I don't think there's a whole lot of offense going. And to be quite honest with you, if I was Joe Judge, I might consider sitting Saquon Barkley because he does not look right. Give him another week because this is not the defensive line to go up against with a repair a surgically repaired on a short week too man on on a short week playing two games within a span. Um, of set of less than seven days, I would give Saquon the week off. And I hope um, for all of you fantasy guys out there, I hope you are in my boat. Keep Saquon Barkley on your bench until he proves otherwise. So under yeah, uh, over Taylor Heineke for 250 passing yards. Mm, I think that's right. That's a perfect mark, George. Damn, you're like Vegas setting the spread. Uh, under. If you're saying over, it's going to be tough for the Giants to beat us. No, under, that's all I'm trying under. to say. No, but I'm going to say 238. Like, he'll be right there. But but one touchdown, one interception. So I'll, I'll say he'll throw a touchdown to, you know, maybe uh, Humphreys on a little um, slot uh, in route or uh, maybe Logan Thomas. Uh, and Antonio Gibson gets a rushing touchdown. But not, not a whole lot of offense coming from the football team. And I think Daniel Jones, in desperation mode, literally fighting for his career, does enough. He will turn the ball over, but Danny Dimes does enough. Maybe Kenny Galladay. Um, I know Evan Ingram will be out this game for the Giants. So, um, as I said earlier, Sterling Shepard had a real nice game last week. So, I'll say Galladay or Shepard do enough to get the G-Men the victory. But we'll see. And I wish you luck, my friend. Thank you, bro. Yeah. We'll see. I'll, uh, let's talk about the first place team in the NFC East. The only undefeated team. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles. I saw on their their official team Instagram in the past week, their jersey sales are up 500%. So what's funny is wow. what that says is these Eagles fans had no faith in this team whatsoever. And they dominate the Falcons, and all of a sudden everyone's all on the Nick Sirianni bandwagon. I bet the Eagles fans are on the side of the road right now playing rock, rock paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. Baby. Let's do it. So, but shit's about to get real for the Philadelphia Eagles because they're facing the San Francisco 49ers. Now, last year, um, the Niners were decimated by injuries. So so don't throw that out the window. Two years ago, the last time this team was healthy, they had the lead on the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. This is a hell of a team. It is in Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. 
Uh, the Niners are three-point favorites going to Philly. I liked what I saw out of the Niners last week. They did let Detroit come back and score a lot of garbage time points. But I think that's because Detroit's got some heart. And, um, you know, their head coach will tell you that for sure. I think Jimmy Garoppolo looks good enough. What I like about Jimmy G is the play that when they bring in Trey Lance, he's smiling. He's happy. He likes – I think the rotating quarterback thing is very strange. I think the Bears are doing it as well from what I saw in their game Sunday night. I'm not sure if that's um, going to lead to long-term success. But I think with either Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance under center, they did loom, they lost Raheem Mostert, their running back for the season. Um, but they had some unknown. I can't even think of his name. I believe his last name is Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell come out of nowhere and rushed for 100 yards last week. They have Trey Sermon, who was a healthy scratch. I, I believe he'll be in uniform this game. Uh, Jermichael Hasty. They have enough of a running game. And their weapons are nasty, bro. George Kittle is a top three, probably tight end in this league. Debo Samuel had almost 200 yards receiving. Um, they still have Brandon Ayuk, who was quiet last week. But the, the Niners, they're scary, bro. And that was their offense. I don't even talk about their defense. I won't, I won't go through it position by position like I did on the offense. But but Joey Bosa and those boys and Fred Warner, they're dude, those, those are some dogs. 49ers are, are an absolutely star-studded roster. I think from 1 to 53, the Niners – might be the best roster in the NFL. No, no offense to the Bucks or the Chiefs, but the Niners are the real deal. I think they send the Philadelphia Eagles crashing back to reality. I've got the Niners winning this game pretty handedly. I'll say thirty to seventeen, San Francisco Forty ers How about you? Yeah, man. I, I again, I'm I'm big big on Jalen Hurts, but I think he gets a little bit of a wake up call. I think they're going to actually have to scheme against Jalen and his design running uh, attack and and obviously you know design against the passing attack that he put up last week so i think they plan on him a little bit more they saw a little bit maybe too much out of nick sariana maybe sariana sariani you know opened up his whole playbook you know maybe right. with the rock shoot and not just the rock paper. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens but i i i do i agree I think the 49ers give them a wake-up call. I think that defense is super strong. I think their passing attack with George Kittle, who I wish I was. I feel like I, I used to be George Kittle, bro, and I just – You have was. some George Kittle in your DNA for sure. I like him. I like him a lot. Anyways, uh, I, I'll take the 49ers. I think they'll beat them by at least two touchdowns. You know what? No, I'll be a little closer than that. I'm going to go ahead and say 21 to 27. I just, I still like Jalen Hurts, bro. I, I don't know. Uh, if, clearly, you do. It's yeah, very like, respectable. I, I like him, man. I like, if, and if, you know, five hundred percent of those jerseys that were that were purchased. Oh, they're number uh, one. They they're were number, number one, one with Hurts on the back. And yeah, I'm sure some number six, some, some Devontae Smith. A lot of people were yeah. concerned that the kid. I mean, the, the like you said, I've said this a million times, but the kid literally looks like me in football pets. Mm-hmm. He is thin, bro. He's like a razor blade, and the fact that he's out there making plays. Um, I think that's a good sign for for them. And I wouldn't be surprised. I, I hope Devontae Smith um, gets another touchdown in this game. I, I'd say for my fantasy guys out there, get Devontae Smith in your lineups, um, and get and get these uh, these Forty ers running backs in your lineups. Although the Eagles' defensive line is good, I think that uh, this is Trey Sermon's first game, and the young man Mitchell. Um, I, I just the, Kyle Shanahan runs the football, and I think that's what will be the difference in this game. At the end of the day, is the coaching. Um, Nick Sirianni had a real nice debut, but now he's going up against one of the masterminds, what I consider in the NFL, um, and Kyle Shanahan. So I, I think Smith, baby, thin like a razor blade. And we're not talking about Mach threes, kid, you know, hey. real thin, real thin. 
<laughs> Shout out to Bic Mach 3. We are looking for a sponsor. If you are interested, please um, hit us up on Patreon. But anyways, we're both on the Niners um, pr- pretty big on this one, and we, we shall see. If the Eagles do play this game even competitively, I will give them major props. Yes, for well, sure. Let's for sure. end our week two preview with my Dallas Cowboys. Now, before we get into the game, I want to talk about what's happened to my Dallas Cowboys. And although I was pounding the table earlier in the podcast, I'm just going to read y'all the events that have started the Cowboys season. First, we lose Zach Martin to COVID for week one. Then we lose a heartbreaking game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to open the season. During that game, Michael Gallup suffers a calf injury. He's out three to five weeks. Right after the game, Lyle Collins test positive for PEDs. He's suspended for five games. Now, Randy Gregory has tested positive for COVID-19. He's going to be out this game. And I think all what? of them got tested positive for PEDs, bro. People, they were just trying to make an excuse on COVID. <laughs> Let's be That's real. Fair. All of them dudes were on fucking they were all they, they were all just pumping DECA into their asses. And like they're just like, yeah, it's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Last but certainly not least, Demarcus Lawrence, who I was applauding earlier for his peanut Tillman style punch of and making a Ronald Jones fumble against the Buccaneers, fractured his foot at practice today. Ooh. He is out four to six weeks. So at, at best, we're getting Lyle Collins and Demarcus Lawrence back by hopefully Thanksgiving. This is devastating, bro. As happy as I was to see Dak Prescott out there slinging the rock on one of the best defenses in the NFL, I don't know how much this young man could shoulder. We're going to have, I believe, Terrence Steele starting at right tackle. Um, keep in mind this, guys. The last time Terrence Steele was the starting right tackle and Dak Prescott was the starting quarterback, he broke his leg. So this oh, is wow. not good. Yeah, yeah, this is not good. And what I, I told what did we talk about? Depth on the offensive line, didn't we? Oh, you did. I hate when you're right. <laughs> I hope what they do. Right now, Mark McCarthy said that Zach Martin will stick at right guard. Put Zach Martin at right tackle, bro. He looked decent last year. Please put Zach Martin at right tackle, man. But we'll see what happens. If it's Terrence Steele, if it's Zach Martin, we need this offensive line to step up. By no means do I think that we are going to run for 150 yards in the Chargers defense. They proved how good they were against you guys last week. I think our best hope is to play the kind of game that we're going to have to play pretty much every week this year to get victories, and that is outscore the Chargers. Um Trayvon Diggs, I, I hope that you can perform as well as you did against Mike Evans when you are locked up with Keenan Allen one-on-one because that guy puts defensive backs on rollerblades. So um, I need the rest of my DBs, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, to step up. Donovan Wilson, step up. Uh, Micah Parsons, I'm not worried about him at all. I need Jalen and Leighton Vanderesh to play a lot better game. Um, Austin Eckler didn't play great last week. He did get in the end zone against you guys, but Austin Eckler is a problem both running and catching the football. And um, Jared Cook, George, who I believe you said um, was going to die of COVID if he contracted it because he's no, he's, no, that is out he's, of context. I didn't say the guy was going to die COVID. so old. <laughs> You said if he were to come in contact with COVID, he would probably be suffering somewhere on in, in the ICU. I'm just all I'm saying is if he did get COVID, I'd be praying for the guy. Is okay. what I'm trying well, to say. Well, you know right? what? He didn't get COVID last week, and he went for five catches for 56 yards on your defense. And you guys have a much better defense than us. 
So if he's going to go five for 56 against you, he's probably going to go seven for 75 against us. So I'm worried about my defense. They, I, I, I need a couple cheap turnovers, kind of like we got against the Bucks. I need the ball to bounce off somebody's shoulder pads. Um, I need uh, Mike Williams to fumble as he's going in the end zone. But I don't think I need that. That's just what I want. I What I need is Dak Prescott to hold up, to be able to throw the ball another 50 to 60 times. And it's terrible that my starting quarterback has to be relied on that much. But my starting quarterback is a dog. He's got a heart, and he's got a right arm that is clearly healthy. And I think my Dallas Cowboys win a shootout in Los Angeles, 33-31. to 31. Let's go, Cowboys. How do you think this one ends up? Man, this is going to be, honestly, one of the more entertaining games this weekend. For sure. Um, I truly believe that because you're right. It is going to be a shootout. It can only be a shootout. <laughs> honestly, I think the Chargers are the only defense that could possibly stop either of these teams. Is what I'm saying. The Cowboys are not stopping anybody. Is really what I'm getting. <laughs> right. um, but the Chargers defense is not bad, man. They're they're a strong defense. They have a great D line, a good set of linebackers, and a good back end. They played us really well. They will force some turnovers. They're good at punching the ball out, as you saw with Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Chargers, man. And 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 with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and I think they're actually pretty similar when it comes to the offense as the boys because they do have those weapons and. And they always have, you know, they have Austin too, you know, running up the field. So they have a lot of weapons, man. I, again, I'm super high on the Chargers. I, I don't see the Cowboys stopping them, dude. Justin Herbert will just pick them apart all day long. And I'm not saying Dak won't do the same. I just think, I think Herbert does a little bit more. And I'm going to go ahead and say Chargers are going to edge this one out, possibly in the last seconds of the game by three points. I'm going to go ahead and say 31 to 33. 33. I think I had an almost a, a, almost exact same score as opposite. Yeah, I think we both see this going the same way. Um, the Cowboys are going to have to put up points. I think they will. I just hope they end up with more points um, than the team that's hosting the game. But speaking of points, let's go to a guy who is an expert at shooting. He had a bit of a rough first week. He had too much confidence in the NFC East. Ended up going <laughs> one and three. Jay Luds, welcome back. Hey, appreciate it, fellas. Uh, week two. Week one's always tough. Everybody knows. Nobody knows what these teams are going to look like. Um, I think sure. we still have a better idea what these teams look like, but it's still very early in the season. Uh, overall, I think after seeing week one, I think the NFC East looked a lot better than they did last year. So Agreed. Okay. Yeah. A lot yeah. better. Honestly, a lot better. Um, well, respect, man. The NFC East yeah. appreciates you showing us a and, little bit of love. And Let's we played get some into tough it. teams. I mean, we played some tough teams. We did. Very tough. I agree. Uh, other, than, other than the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, I think oh. Dallas came down with all that COVID because they just left Florida. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, shit, Dang, if, if Joe Rogan if Joe Rogan is catching COVID in Florida, what chance did my Dallas Cowboys stand? So I hope all my, all my Cowboys are healing well. Be sure to shoot yourself up with ivermectin. I digress. But let's talk about Thursday night football. When the New York Giants head to the nation's capital, All eyes will be on the NFC East. We've got the Washington football team, to me, as a surprising three-and-a-half-point favorite. Luds, who you got? So I'm going to start off with saying I think Heineke is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm. Seeing what he did in the playoffs last year, even – here's the thing, too. Danny Dimes hasn't sniffed the playoffs. Heineke's had playoff experience. (laughs) Heineke's had pressure on him. And I thought he played very well against the Bucks last year. I'm pretty excited to actually see him play this weekend. 
Um, I think he can create some issues against the Giants defense with his legs because he can move a little bit. Don't forget he can run. Um, I agree with both of you on Saquon. I I think they should bench him this week. He's not right. Um, I think he's overrated as well. I feel bad somebody dropped him in fantasy. He's just, I mean, when it's been a long time since he's done anything. I know he's been hurt, but that O line looks like trash. Yes, I think Washington. Here's the one thing that you guys might not know about the Giants: they've won five straight games in Washington. Five. Some some might call that dominant. We got to change that. Yeah. But I'm taking the Giants plus three and a half, but I am taking the Washington football team to win this game 24-21. Okay. So you're you're taking the Giants with the spread, but you got the the football team getting the W. It is always a tough matchup, man. It's always a tough battle, the Giants and the the Skins. So it it should be interesting. Absolutely. All right, well, let's uh, fly over to Philly, where the Eagles will have their home opener against a very, very tough opponent with the San Francisco 49ers. We've got the Niners as a road favorite, San Francisco minus three. Luz, where are you going here? I think San Francisco is minus three and a half, I believe, is what okay. the spread may, was. Yes, it may have moved. I think um, you are correct. So I want to start off with saying I, I'm with you guys. I think the Eagles were impressive last week. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. I, I did pick them to win, but... Um, I didn't. That was actually I was one and three last week. That was the one win I had. Shout but, out um, to Philly for getting Muds that yeah, win. So I need a bounce back week. This so stick with me, boys. But um, <laughs> oh, we got you. We got you. Bro. So maybe stick with me. Stick with me. Week one's always tough. Uh, so San Fran's traveling two weeks in a row. So Eagles are making their home debut. Mm. You know how the Eagles fans are. Worse in the league. Uh, <laughs> now the Eagles are eight and one against the spread in the last nine games against the Niners. Eight and one. I think they squeeze it out this weekend. I'm picking them 23-21. I'm taking the Eagles plus three and a half. I'm that confident Jalen Hurts. And I like the point you made where he was making all his reads, man. He was checking down. He saw – I was impressed. I really was. And the Niners are good. Philly going two and oh, knocking off the Niners. Yeah. At that point, I mean, you're upset. having Philly win the division, bro. Upset, upset. If you think they're that good, yeah. I like it. Do I, I like I just it, man. Think impre- if you are going to upset the Niners, it's going to be early in the season like it is now. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And they let, De- they let Detroit. I mean, is Detroit as good as Philly? I would say no. They let Jared Goff almost come back on them. I was impressed yeah. with Philly's defense, too. They stepped up when they had to. Philly, especially their front seven, is is big time. That was never a doubt. Everything else in their on, on their on their roster, clearly other than the quarterback position, I think all three of us are in agreement. We like Jalen Hurts, but yeah, their D line is serious. And with Raheem Mostert going out to the injury, Luds, you might be onto something. Philly might might be might be sniffing an upset there. Yep. And we will finish up in Los Angeles. Uh, my Dallas Cowboys will travel to SoFi Stadium to face the Chargers. We got the Chargers as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That was before Demarcus Lawrence was out. The line might be going up. But right now we'll go with Chargers minus three-and-a-half against my Cowboys. Luds, finish us up. So Chargers, I think, are making their home debut in their new stadium, right? Correct. Brand-new stadium, new fan, or not new fans, but fans coming into a new stadium. I think the, the stadium's going to be jacked up. Oh yeah. Um, I think everyone knows I'm with George. I think this is going to be one of the more exciting games of the weekend. It's going to see, I'm going to see a lot of scoring. Yeah. The chargers can score. Dallas can score. Uh, Dak was really impressive last week. And I think the key factor in the Cowboys this week is being able to get Zeke going. 
they yeah. can get Zeke running the ball just more, you know, better than he was last week. And everybody knows the Bucks D, D line. You can't run off. You just can't. They're, the last three years, they've just been very tough against the run. So I think if they can get Zeke going, kind of control the clock a little more this game. Uh, ah, okay. I, I still like think it's going to be a high scoring game because that's what Dallas has been doing all last year. And then going into week one, they just went to in there. They're putting up points. And I do have the Chargers winning this game 35-34. But I am 35, taking 35-34. I am taking I, I Dallas plus that. three. So all right, let's can I get a bonus pick from you? Sure. The over on the over under on this game is 55 and a half. What do you think? I'm going over. Well, he's going oh, over then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I got a 35-34. That's an easy over, I think. I mean Easy over. I still think a little, a little bonus treat for the fans there. I'm only that, saying that, that stadium is going to be juiced up, bro. Juiced, juiced up, up like B. Wills' juiced offensive up. line, bro. You know, um, oh, so totally juiced. I'm just <laughs> really. I do give you credit uh, from last week. You know, I did say 31 to 10 in the Bucks Cowboys game, and I did get half the score right. You got 31 but, right. But um, I was really impressed what they did against my Bucks defense, and um, the Chargers are solid. But I think it is going to be a high scoring game. So. For sure. Now sure. we'll see. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point that Zeke's got to get going. I know, regardless, Dak Prescott is is ready to go, and I'm ready to go for get, a week too. Get Tony Pollard going too. I mean, I he looked good, man. He I'm looks not good. ready to say it yet. I'm not ready to say it yet. But you may hear me in the coming weeks say the best running back on the Cowboys is Tony Pollard. I said it last year. I'm not ready to totally go there, but but we shall see. After after um, that, Luds, honestly, after that take, I'm saying the only way the boys win this game if the under 55 is in effect. Agreed. Because I think you're right, dude. Ah. I think that Tony Parlin and Zeke got to get involved. Antonio Gibson had a good game, other than those fumbles. Right. You know, they did. They they were firing off the line a little bit against that defensive line and linebacker core. I think you're right, dude. I think they got to slow the clock down and they got to run Control the ball. the clock. Change their game plan, dude. They're not bit. stopping Herbert, dude. No, you know what I mean. Keep so the, the, the more that he's got the ball, it's like it's it's game over. Right. I don't think we have to stop them, guys. I think it's the timely turnovers. That's what kept us. Nobody, like, if, if we wouldn't have gotten those turnovers, the Buccaneers are winning that game by 14, 17 points. So I think we need a timely turnover or two. And without Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, it's going to be very difficult. But, of course, I'm a homer, so I'm going to go with my Cowboys to uh, get their first win of the season. But, guys, th- these are my favorite episodes where we get to recap the previous week and then preview the, the week coming. Absolutely a blast. Um, I love that you know we're, we're almost at 53 minutes, so I appreciate y'all sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed week two um, as much as we enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much. We love you all. Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff, because this is the NFC East. Feed.